And what's perfect, it's time for another episode of the Bitter Bistro Podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Joey Rockenstein, a.k.a. Bitter Party of One, with once again a fantastic guest. I'm very excited about this. A funny guy, and I will say a nice guy. Most guys don't want to hear that. And also a guy who challenges me in the exercise arena as well. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's Andy Ostroff. Yeah, we work out in an arena. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a caged arena sometimes. Uh, they just recently took down the steel cage. Yeah. So we're back on the grass over at the Lux Training Dojo. Yeah, it's pretty cool over there. Threw a shout out to uh, Steve Lux for personal training needs. Check out Lux Training on Facebook or .com. That's spelled L-U-T-S-K. Right. Unofficial sponsor of the Bitter Bistro Podcast. Keeping podcasters in shape since 2007. I don't know. I just made up a date Something for that like one. that. Yeah. That it's, sounded you know, good enough, man. Yeah. Good day for you. Uh but Ant, this is great because we're going to get a very unique perspective on the service industry tonight uh, because Andy not only works in a restaurant, but he works in a very specific type of restaurant. He works in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know what a comedy club is, that's a place where people go to enjoy laughter and mayhem, uh, yeah. as it will be. Because Andy and I are both comedians, and I think we have seen it all, but he has probably seen even more than I have because he has seen it from both on and off the stage. Yeah, seen a lot of stuff. Um, but hey, before we even get there, we start in the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did you get stuck in the service industry, your first job? Uh, my first job in the service industry was I had moved to L.A. And I was just acting and stuff, and I needed to get a job. And I, The first job I actually got was um, at this place called Beijing Cafe, which, is a, which was a Chinese restaurant. I would, I, ho- I would hope so. Yeah, I'm not like Asian yeah. either. So <laughs> I was I was waiting tables and delivering food, and I would deliver food, and I'd show up and be like, hey, I got your Chinese food. And people more than once would look at me and go, why? Because <laughs> like, I want to get the Chinese restaurant. It was weird. But actually, even before that, when I first moved to L.A., I needed to get a job, and I'm I'm – not, I wouldn't say I'm a bad liar, but I hate lying. I didn't want to lie on my resume. And I didn't have any serving experience. I had experience with tons of other jobs, and I was going around doing these jobs. And I found this one place, and it was um, – they were like, no experience necessary. We're just going to hire you based on your personality. We'll, we'll train the right, right. person. Wait, first right? One, how did you find this job? It was Craigslist. Okay, there we go. That was, yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't the Chinese restaurant. This is before, uh, before the that. Chinese okay, restaurant. Yeah. I was looking for a job. I did not get this restaurant, but um, – I show and I, you know, I went home and I put on like I'm just I'm a recent college graduate too, like so I put on you know khaki pants and a polo shirt and I was like I don't want to dress up too much but I still want to look nice. Right. So I go and it's in Hollywood. It's at Hip Hollywood Boulevard restaurant, and I show up, and it's a fucking hot dog stand. <laughs> <laughs> it's that place. It's that place. Scoobies, right? <laughs> like you see that on Hollywood Boulevard right there. Wow. Um, it's that place, and I look at it and I'm like. Oh no. And I actually called my mother and I was like, Mom, it's a hot dog stand. And she's like, Well, you never know. Ask them. You never know. And I was like, Okay. So I go in there and it just sounds miserable. The guy's like, Well, you might make like $13 in tips after a shift. And I was like, Do you have benefits? Oh, wait a and he's minute. like, Yeah. Something just terrible. It's like you stood behind a counter and served hot dogs to drunk people. Like that's what right. it was. Anyways, I still meet with the guy, whatever, and I'm like, do you have benefits? And he's like, oh, we have workers' comp. And I was like, uh. Yeah, that w- would require an injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> and so I do the interview or whatever, and I'm like, I'm not taking that job. I go back. I tell my friends, I had two friends in L.A. at the time, like, I- I'm not going to take this job. Anyways, 
he calls me up and leaves me a message. And he's like, we just want to let you know you had a great interview. However, we're going in another direction. And I was like, really? They actually called me and told me they weren't going to hire me. And my friends thought it was so funny. And they kept making the joke from Swaggers that I didn't have enough theme park experience to work there. <laughs> but then I got the job in the Chinese restaurant. Okay, and but first of all, like, what direction is a hot dog place going? You're only serving know, one thing. Down? <laughs> <laughs> You're serving hot dogs. Yeah, you got to put it. It's like, I don't think that guy can handle a ketchup gun or whatever the hell they call it. You know? It's like, oh, man, I don't trust him with a spatula. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that, man. So then you get up to uh, the Chinese, I got Chinese, up to the restaurant. Chinese restaurant. Obviously, you brushed up on your interview skills because they weren't that good before. Yeah, so. I think they were just going to hire the next guy that walked through the door. Right. But whatever. I got this job. This job was so bad that um, they didn't pay you by the hour. It was all under the table. And they were like, that's one of the perks. And you get to keep all your tips. Right? They paid you by the shift. And the shift, you either had the morning shift that went like, it was like 11 to 4 or something. Or you had... The night shift, which was like 5 to midnight or 10 or whatever closed. But the thing was you made $15 in cash per shift plus whatever you got for tips. Okay. I made over $100 one night. (laughs) It was just so bad. One time I worked there and I worked 12 hours with an hour break and I think I walked home with about 50 bucks or less than 50 bucks on 12 hour day. Ouch. Yeah, um, it was it was it was pretty shitty there. Were they not aware about the, the whole minimum wage type thing that happened? I don't here think they cared. I mean, the restaurant doesn't exist anymore. That was right. It was uh, where Hamburger Mary's is in West Hollywood, like on Sweetser and Got it. Santa Monica. That it's, used to be two restaurants, and now it's just Hamburger Mary's. It so. kind of sounds like they were incorporating the uh, labor laws in China and we're bringing them over here. Pretty much. I mean, I did yeah. learn some weird Chinese phrases. For example, I, I'm probably wrong on it, but it was something like, it. Uh, like I'm paraphrasing here the words, but it was like. Fumai means like this is mine and not yours, but Pumai means the governor is corrupt. You know, so that's a little <laughs> little bit of the Chinese stuff that I learned. But my first day at the job on, at Beijing Cafe, they um they were like they're freaking out because they were late about something, right. right? And they're like, Oh no, we forgot the order. And they come up to me, and none of the, the other delivery guys didn't want to do it. And they're like, Andy, you know Body Shop? And I was like, Body Shop? I'm like, what, to get your car fixed? They're like, no, 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 girls, girls. <laughs> they're talking about the Body Shop on Sunset yep. Boulevard, right? And they're like, we have to do a delivery there. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And they're like, it's late, so he's going to be mad. And I'm like, what? So they're sticking, like, none of them want to deal with the guy who's going to be late. So they're sticking the guy whose first day it is to go to the strip club to deliver the Chinese food. Now, the Body Shop on a certain day of the week, I maybe like a Wednesday or whatever would have a catered lunch, so of one of they do. yeah one of the days you know <laughs> it's lunch with a view that's what it is. One of the days they had um, Chinese food, and so that was the day. Anyways, I show up at the the body shop with a ton of Chinese food, and there's a bouncer and he's like, "What are you?" I'm like, "I got the food." He's like, oh, "Okay, come in." I walk in and there's a woman on the stage dancing. Now she's a daytime stripper, so you know how attractive. Skank shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's yeah, yeah. She's wearing like a cargo net, and that's it. Like it, it was weird. Anyway, she's up there dancing. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Is there anybody else there? There are like three or four dudes there, just like stare, like just slumped over, like probably waiting for lunch. I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, she she sees me come in with this box of food, and she's just she stops her dance and goes. You bring the food. 
<laughs> just shouts across the room at me. And I go, yeah. And she goes, I love you. Will you marry me? And I was like, no, where's this go? And she's like, over there. And points like this door. <laughs> Anyways, this dude comes out and he's pissed. I think he's the owner or whatever. And he's just like, you're late. Yeah, I lose customers. Everybody come because they wanted the Chinese food. And I'm like, uh, okay, man, this is $67. And he's like, oh, you're so late. Every time I get this, you know. I'm like, this is my first day. <laughs> Anyways, he gave me $67 in $1 bills. Um, well, I mean, it's a strip yeah. club. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remembered there was a stack. There were like two stacks of 25 paper clipped together and then just 17 on their own. I was like, this is so weird. And then I came back and they're like, here's $7 because they they would put the tip in because he wouldn't tip. Right. So they just included it in the price. Okay. So I made $7 for that wonderful experience. Did you ever like um, like toy with the idea of maybe just like talking with like a Chinese accent like you were like Chinese but you were the white guy? Yeah, I just didn't want to be incredibly <laughs> racist. <laughs> I think that would have been fitting, though. By the way, um, so they, they taught you how to say the government is corrupt? I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but there okay. were different phrases. Okay. Like, I was buddies with those guys. Like the guys. In the, I mean, I made no money. I would just talk to the chefs. Like He taught me how to make sesame chicken. It was really easy and delicious. Well, I, I went to uh, Google Translate and uh, got the government is corrupt. Oh, how do you say so it? So let's, let's take a listen to but this. But first of all, they were like... Tons okay, of different dialects. Chinese or? I'm pretty sure it was Mandarin, but I think there were a few different things going right. on. And also, you haven't heard Spanish till you hear a Chinese chef speaking Spanish with a <laughs> Chinese accent. It's amazing. All right, well, let's go with this. This is uh, the government is corrupt in Chinese. Take a listen. Yeah, I'll do that one more time. Perfect. That's it. I was pretty close. Yeah. I, you were, <laughs> I thought, yeah, you sounded pretty good on that. Yeah. That's going to come in Maybe hand. mine was slang. I don't know, because mine was, seemed like it was just one word. but Well, they probably were just uh, they're yeah. keeping it real. Yeah, but I'd hang out with these guys one every now and again. And one time, uh, one of the dudes, this guy Jerry, he was like this really, really small guy. He came over. I just remember he was like he was like child size, but he was an adult. I don't know. And he came <laughs> over, and he like drove a truck when he wasn't working at the Chinese restaurant. But he just like became my buddy, and he came over to my friend's house. We were playing uh, Sega Genesis. We were playing hockey, and he was on the phone with his friend. And he's like, he, he's like, they're playing ice ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ice ball. And he's like, yeah, ice ball. And I was like, oh no, it's hockey. He's like, oh, <laughs> right, like, right. That was the extent of it. <laughs> so ice ball, close enough. That'll be the new uh, version of EA Sports Hockey, ice ball. Ice ball. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be sweet. I don't think it'll be a big seller. Okay, how long did you last at the Chinese restaurant? Um, For some reason, like, you say the word Chinese restaurant, and immediately I'm taken to that Seinfeld episode where they're waiting, in, you know, Seinfeld 4, they're waiting yeah. in the foyer yeah, yeah, for yeah. them to get seated. I don't know. Little side note. But how long? Know, also you... on a side note, the, my favorite Chinese restaurant is, is uh, Foo's Palace on uh, Pico and Robertson. Oh, no, I have not been there. It's great, man. Good lunch specials. Um, I worked there. It wasn't that long. What I did then was I was like, you know what? I'm going to bartend because I don't want to wait tables. So I went to bartending training school. So I, re- I really didn't know how to wait tables. And, and was uh, like, where, where was that located? It, was on, like, it was, wasn't far from here. It was on like Bundy and Santa Monica or something okay. like that. 
And I did that, and it was it came really easy. Like it was real, just easy to make all the drinks and stuff. And then now, take um, us through that because you're the first person on that I've had on the show that that wasted all that money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a waste of money. Like I really hey, did learn how you, to do it. You get a good Rolodex of of drinks. To yeah, make like I know how to make so many drinks. And, oh, and Chloe's the, playing with a toy. Yeah, That's what that ma- sound is. Got the mascot. I thought I had hidden anything squeakable. Hey, but, mascot, uh, come here. Apparently not. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got it. She's very excited to see our guest in house. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's not going to be a good idea. Yeah. No, she grabbed the toy <laughs> off the table. She. I've been outsmarted. I've been outsmarted by Chloe. So you've learned to make a good amount of drinks. Yeah, I learned how to make. It was cool. Like, I mean, it was a pressure-free environment, really, just to learn how to make drinks. And they have all these. They have bottles of everything with the speed pours on it, and they have. Uh, you know the guns where you can just pour whatever and everything. Right. It's a fully they have many fully functioning bar stations, so it's a lot of hands-on training, which is pretty cool. And then you do like a test to see if you can just make the drinks fast, and you pass. And it's like you don't need a bartender's license to bartend. But I mean, I was so in the dark in the service industry that it was like, eh, I'll right. just do this. It's cool. I have some money saved up. I'll just take this class. And I met some people, and it was made a couple friends. It was cool. And um, I mean. I knew how to make, when I was out of there, I mean, I knew how to make, I don't know, 70, 80 drinks, shit like a Brandy Alexander, or like, you know, something that they're never like, oh yeah, you want a, you want a grasshopper? It's like, yeah, when a 70s pimp comes into your bar and asks for a grasshopper. What is this, 1977? Yeah, 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 it's like, oh, I know how to make that. I don't know if I remember how to make it now, but. Dude, that uh, is great that you say that, because I was bartending this party. Sometimes I bartend at, a, yeah. at the place that I'm at, and it was like a, a banquet party. Kid you not, a guy comes up and orders a Harvey Wallbanger. Oh, with Galliano. Yes. And I'm like, dude, when did we get back to 83? I mean, who? Yeah. When, when was, I'm like, how old ha- was that guy? First of all, who knows that drink? Right. Nobody was, knows that shit. He, I would say he was like our age. So he probably, there's no way that he's ever he was had probably that just before. like some hipster and like looked up like obscure drink to make myself look like a bigger asshole. You yeah. Know? A Harvey Wallbanger. First, I've never once. Made a drink with Galliano. Now that's uh, the only drink you make with that. So yeah, that's it. I think I mean, I, someone I think once asked for it on the rocks once while I was working. I was like, "Are you kidding?" First of all, if you don't know what it is, what it's Galliano horrible. is, it's that weird yellow bottle yeah, with like the long, tall bottle with the purple label. Yeah, it's that's the, just at every bar, but nobody. It looks like it's decoration. Yeah, nobody ever touches. It's the it. most phallic shaped bottle out of all the bottles. That are there. I mean, I don't even think most bars have a backup bottle because that's how <laughs> that's how Good rare point. it is. Yeah. You know, it's like that must be you. You buy that shit wholesale. It comes in a case of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the place that produces Galliano probably only produces like ten bottles every five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that they've already they've already had everything. For how to get in every bar? Like that is just the weirdest. Liqueur. Yeah. <laughs> it had, but it had to have been like the staple for a while because people were drinking. It's basically a screwdriver with a Galliano float. So you're not even putting like a whole ounce of Galliano in it. That's yeah. why it lasts for so long. It's like you're putting a little bit. It's yeah, a float. It's so weird. There's got to be another drink with Galliano in it. but And it's like this weird licorice flavor. Is that what it yeah, is? it's very know. syrupy. It's so strange. But it's also, the bottle's like three feet long. <laughs> So it's like you got to pour it with like a hand on the top and a hand on the bottom. It's like, yeah, I had to stand outside of the bar to be able to pour yeah. it into the glass. It's like it's, you're, you're pouring the bottle like you're mounting an American flag on the moon. It's like... You're declaring land. Yeah, it's like, this is my drink. Ugh. 
What an a-hole. <laughs> Order that shit. But yeah. yeah, that's like a drink that I learned. How to, so I knew how to make all these drinks and like these weird martinis and stuff. And um, so I passed. And then you have to take a test. And I passed that. That was easy. You had to make like all these drinks in like a certain amount of time or something like that. And I did that and I was, that was fine. Nice. And then um, I went to the uh, W Hotel in Westwood and... They, I knew they were hiring fancy a, place. Uh, yeah, I knew they it's were fancy. hiring a uh, bar bar back, so I got in as a bar back there, and then I worked there for a while. It was it was cool. I mean, till oh then I I did hurt myself there. I threw up my back, um, moving like uh, kegs. I would, like, yeah, like kegs and and I mean the kegs actually didn't. I didn't have to do too many kegs. Like the draft beer wasn't that popular there, but it was like trash. And just and the thing about that job that sucked so much was that the cleanup of this bar at the end, like most bars you work at, I mean, I say most, like more than fifty percent of them have a cleanup crew that comes in the middle of the night. So yeah, the they staff sweep up for eight hours, standing pouring drinks. They made me pile up the mats, like the 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 rubber mats. Right. Move them out. He's mop. talking about the mats that are behind every bar. There should be the, rubber the, mats yeah, that are on the ground. Yeah, the bartender stands on. So it's like it's easier on your back and you don't slip. And it's got mm-hmm. those little holes in it so the water drips down. Right. I had to lift those up. They were gross. And I had to like cart them down or carry them down or something, hose them off, and then mop the floor. And this was the first bar I worked at. So I didn't know that this was, was not the norm. Right. But at the same time, it was a huge pain in the ass and there was one bartender i worked with the other bartenders would all help me do it there was this one guy he wouldn't even wipe his well down he would just be like here's your money i'm done (laughs) like fuck and when he worked i was there like two hours after the shift cleaning but when the other guys worked you know it was like 45 minutes because it was just so much easier to do it because i could go hose down the mats yeah and someone else would be cleaning everything else so it's just i mean it wasn't even wasn't even half the none time. Of that, it, none minutes. of that is the norm. Like, every bartender should be burning their own ice, wiping yeah, down yeah, the well, even, all that he stuff. He wouldn't do that. Sh- like, he was just a dick about that. And, like, one time I was like, hey, man, how come you never help me clean up? He's like, I was a bar back once, and nobody helped me. And I was like, how much did you like that shit? Right. You know? it's like, fuck off. <laughs> like, Guess what? We still don't like that. Yeah, like a know? diva, man. <laughs> if you're a di- Like, if you're a diva bartender, you're an asshole. Like... You're a bartender. Like, just fucking help the bar back, yeah. man. It's like, oh, when you want something, like, I got to go get it. Like, I'm going to take a little bit longer doing mm-hmm. it, you know? But, yeah, the other guys, they want I would just get it. But eventually I moved to bartender. And how long did that take you to get from bar back to bartender? Because I'm sure uh, that... It wasn't that long there because I knew how to make all the drinks. And what happened was they were going through this weird transitionary phase where, like, they were selling the restaurant to this guy and it was like all in the world. And then the guy was there and then he dropped out. So it was like they were selling it to somebody and he was changing things and then he dropped out. And in the interim, um, they replaced all the man, like the managers left, new managers came in for like a day. Then the deal went south. Then they brought in all these new managers from a different property. Cause it was a hotel. So they have properties. Everywhere. Right. These guys from like Palm Springs came up and, one day it was like packed. And there was one bartender and me. So when it would get packed, I would just make all these drinks. And at the end of the shift, he was like, good job. And I was doing something. He's like, wait, why don't you get more money? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm the bar back. He's like, you're the bar back? And I was like, yeah. He's like, but you, what? And he's like, 
you're going to start making drinks more. So he was moving me up to bartender. And then they sold the place to a different company. And then I, I told you earlier, I'll fill everyone in. The new company came in. We had to train all their all their guys, and then they just laid everybody off. So right. that, was, that was pretty sweet of them. And then when I was getting the unemployment, they were like... <laughs> here's, uh, the, here's the best part. Yeah, I was getting unemployment, which is money that I pay in, which is money that comes out of like my paychecks and stuff. And <laughs> one day I get a call from unemployment. They're like, yeah, the company that you worked for says that you quit. You didn't get laid off. And that was just bullshit. Which, but eventually, I, I didn't have to... And I was like, oh, what is it if I quit? They're like, oh, you have to pay back the money. And I was like, I've been on this shit for a month, you know, or two months or something. It was, a, it was It's a lot of money when you're out of work, you know? Yeah. So I, I didn't have to pay it back because it was obvious that they were lying. Right. I mean, that's horrible for one. And two, thinking about it now, I think that may have been the Gerber group. I think, because I know that they... No, no, no. The Gerber... It wasn't the Gerber group. Did they, they buy in later? Because They know, owned the other bar there. And the thing was, I worked, okay. at, I worked at the hotel bar, and that's in the backyard, or what they call the backyard. It's right. just the back of the hotel where the pool is. Um, they owned the bar inside, and that was the busier bar. But the thing was, when I was working there, they were renovating that bar. So we got tons more business because people would go to go to that bar, and it would be closed, so they'd come to the back bar. Okay. And so that actually lucked out for me because there were nights where I probably made more money than I should have because – there were people, you know, coming to the wrong bar. Right. It was all right. It wasn't, Good. It wasn't as hip. But, um, oh, one thing I do remember, which was like a ridiculous story once, was um, <laughs> like we would eat. They had like, you when you work at a hotel, like they feed the staff. Yeah, there's like, usually like the bowels of the hotel. Yep. Like when I do. Cafeteria uh, or something. I do shows at, uh, when I go to Vegas, I do shows at Harrah's, like. You eat in the employee dining hall. Oh, home, nice. You know? Okay. And it's the one in here. It's it's shitty food, but it's it's all it's there all day. So I can come in at like four in the morning and just eat and then go to bed or do whatever. You know. Um. So it's like the same thing at this hotel. You know, they would have food or whatever. And sometimes it was really good. Most of the times it was just like it's like not that it's not the restaurant quality food they're serving. You okay. Know? It's like bulk shit food. They don't really care about that much. And so they'd eat there, and it wasn't like particularly the best food, but I would eat it. And I remember one day they had something, and I was uh, rather gassy after that. And um, which is the norm for yeah, you know, that norm. type of it's uh, shit yeah. food. Anyways, um, <laughs> we're at the bar, or whatever, and uh, <laughs> this is so dumb. Like it's so dumb. Like we're doing whatever, and I farted, and it was like there was like laughing or whatever. It's really funny, and it stank. Like it was. It smelled terrible and like whatever. People do that shit. And it was hilarious. We're all laughing. The manager was laughing. It wasn't very busy. <laughs> this is where it gets good, man. The next day, the manager pulls me aside and he's like, Hey, Andy, I gotta talk to you. And I was like, What is it? He's like, You know, uh, yesterday, uh, <laughs> when you passed gas or whatever. And he said it, it was just so awkward. He's like, Um, you can't do that again. And he was serious. He's like, if you do that again, uh, you know, we'll have to. I think he basically threatened to fire me if I farted again. That was it. Like, fired for farting. That, that was it. He, he, no shit, threatened to fire me for farting. Is he aware that this is like a natural thing that happens? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that, like, I kind of wish he did just right. so I could see, like, <laughs> how I could sue them. You know, like, you could. Can you, if unintentionally, like, that would be the best lawsuit. Like, 
seeing that in the and CNN or something. I right. don't know if it would make national news. Maybe because it's so stupid, it would be like the little weird news section on their website. But that was ridiculous. How many comics could say that that they uh, they almost got fired for farting? Almost like got for fired something for that didn't farting. even happen during a show. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's uh, being drunk on stage or, you know, some kind of altercation with the staff or an audience yeah, member. Man. Not for uh, having a good time. Yeah, I just farting. <laughs> That's so weird. Like, I think about it sometimes. I'm just like, oh, I haven't thought about it in a while. Is that manager still there? No, he was part of the first group. Okay. I mean, because obviously he had some sort of like childhood traumatic event that happened. I don't know, that, man. That you brought like, him back this to. This is a nice place, you know. We can't uh, fart here. I don't know, whatever. It's a fucking idiot. As most managers are, but not all of them. Some of them are. But, dude, I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, then the new company came in. Um, and, as I said, like, they laid me off, but they were really trying hard to get me to quit. And they would make me do, like, stupid things. Like, this one guy who I told you about, his name was Elvis. And he was weird. I just The thing I remember about this guy is he had really small hands. Mm-hmm. He was a normal-sized dude, but you shook his hand, and it felt like you were shaking. Like It felt like he had like doll hands. Like, you right. know, that, that Kristen Wiig sketch on SNL where <laughs> she has, like, the weird doll hands? Yeah. That's what it felt like. It was just, it's gross. Like, you shake someone's hand, and your whole hand wraps around it, and you're just like, ugh. It was, they were weird and clammy and little. And um, But this guy, I remember, it was, like, almost his job to get me to quit. And... One day, it was particularly hot out. We were outside, and he's like, hey, I need you to clean the heaters. And I was like, what? what? And he's like, you got to go clean the heaters. And I was like, excuse <laughs> clean the heaters? Like, And, you know, I mean, like the space heaters, the ones that are like, you know, seven and a half feet tall with the heater on the top, and they got like that dome on the top of yep. it, the portable space heaters. I had to go out there with a rag and clean the top of them, and it was Close to 100 degrees outside. And I just remember sweating bullets and just coming back. First of all, it's 100 degrees outside yeah. and you're cleaning the heater. Yeah, 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 What's yeah. The, yeah. What is going Dude, on? Dude, it was like, I was just like, okay, man, I know. I, and the thing was, we got wind that we were going to get fired. Like, we knew it. And so I was like, okay, they'll do it. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting today. So I just did it and took my time. I mean, I was sweating like crazy, but I was like, whatever. I'm in the sun. Eh. But I was like, fine. you Fuck you, I'll clean the heaters. Yeah. And he was like, oh. But that was the weirdest thing he asked me to do to get me to quit. I was like, oh, clean the... I don't know. Dude was an asshole. Did you end up making any drinks that day? Or was it just all cleaning detail? I think I was cleaning. I was actually... I think I was bar backing that day. Oh, so I was bartender. And then when the new company came in, they moved me to uh, back to bar back. Ugh. Oh, I got a co-host here. <laughs> Chloe, co-host, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe has, has jumped on my lap to... She wants to share some of her Sniffs stories. My face, yeah. Do you want to say something to the microphone? Huh? She, <laughs> she's good. Yeah, she's cool. She she got down now. <laughs> That's horrible, though. I mean, to be like demoted back after you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was over that. You know, when you work somewhere, and you're like, oh, I'm so over. It was like, you yes. know, your two weeks are in, and it's just like, you know, it's coming. Definitely know that well. Yeah. So let's move let's move forward a little bit on this okay. because uh, you've obviously you've. You've gotten some uh, good experience there, and you've gotten to the point where, where were you between applying to work at the comedy club, and where, like, where were you before that? Was there like a were you at a restaurant before that? Yeah, still? I was okay. at a couple other restaurants. I worked at the, uh, I worked at the W Hotel, or no, after the W Hotel, I got laid off, and then I remember I went to uh, Geisha House, that place that was brand new. Yep, and. 
I remember I got hired at Geisha House. They interviewed like a thousand fucking people. No, it had to have been like an open call. Yeah, and it was it was so pretentious. Like whenever you take someone's photo to work at a like they they, they really want to look at you, like make sure you're good looking. Mm-hmm. I'm a very good looking guy, anyways. Maybe my picture will be up. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it up on the site. You guys can check I'm it out. Tuck and cheat. I'm just fucking around. Uh, so I've heard. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they want to come. Uh, also, Joey, also very good looking guy. He'd get hired. Also, they take his picture. Um, so they want to look at you, like take your picture, like see your personality and shit. But a lot of it is just like the aesthetic, which is right. Side note: I did apply for a restaurant once when I was looking for bartending jobs, and this dude was like, "You don't have enough experience." Um, it was this place on Sunset called like was it called maybe like jonathan's or something i don't know it was right there in sunset plaza where um uh was it like rosa mexicana is or whatever okay right there across from mills and he was like you don't have enough experience for this job he goes unlike other la establishments we don't hire based on the aesthetic (laughs) like i'm not gonna hire a staff just because they're good looking I'm going to hire them because they have the experience. Right. And I don't really think you have the experience to bartend here. And I just go to the guy. I go, uh, wow, that was a backhanded compliment, wasn't it? <laughs> and the guy looked at me like, what? Like, oh, my God, the guy talked back. And he's, it, I knew the guy didn't even know what fucking backhanded compliment meant. And I was like, I'll see you, buddy. Like, <laughs> I don't want to work for that dickhead. So but another point for you, because uh, that was also uh, a compliment to your good looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was a good looking yeah. cowboy, but he yeah. just thought, I mean, the guy asked the me in the interview, like, he's like, how many plates can you carry? And I was like, I don't know. How big are the plates? And then I was like, <laughs> and I was like, do they have food on them? Because if they're empty, I can probably stack a lot of them on top of each other. So right. I don't know. Like, what are you looking like? Dude was a dick. Anyways, that restaurant was open for like four months before it closed. Nobody went because they were assholes. Um yeah, it's not there anymore. It really opened and shot. Like, right. They were dicks. And there, he was like, oh, this is a five-star step. I think it didn't get any business, and the food wasn't that well, good. Because so. they probably couldn't get anybody hired. Yeah, he wasn't going to hire any good-looking people. So, <laughs> but, um, so anyways, I went to Geisha House, and the way they did it, they had like 1,000 people in there. That's what I heard. They saw over 1,000 people to, to get this job, which, coincidentally, Geisha House is across the street from Scooby's Hot Dogs. And uh, <laughs> payback, yeah, boom, <laughs> Scooby's hot dogs. Uh, so, anyways, um, they 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 went <laughs> for the interview, and the way they did it was they sat you at this like big round table, and they had all these people around it, just with like your resume, and they're all like they have notes, and they're just like looking at whatever, and it's it was clearly to intimidate the person, like no doubt about it. They, it's just like you're one person surrounded by like. 15 people right they're just all looking at you you don't know who anyone is anyways a couple days before this the this was uh 2004 and i know this because that was the year the red sox came back on the yankees after being down 03 i'm a big red sox fan and um you know they hadn't had one shit before that and uh <laughs> so <laughs> but now they've won you know three world series titles in 10 years anyways right. um <laughs> I was uh, I was there and I went out to Barney's Beanery with my friends and we're celebrating we're we're going crazy and there was this drunk dude there and he's wearing this like these beads around his neck with a tombstone like a foam tombstone around his neck that says rip the curse 
right? And he's this Red Sox fan, and we start talking, and we buy each other drinks and stuff. Anyways, he's shit-faced. I'm pretty shit-faced. We're having just the best time ever because the Red Sox came back 3-0 on the Yankees. It's right. amazing. And then they won the World Series, which is even better. But they uh, they did that. Anyways, I go to this um, go to this thing, and I'm looking dead across the table, and it's the guy who's wearing the Rip the Curse uh, tombstone. Oh, God. Right? That you're in. And I just sit down, and I'm like, they're like, hi, how are you? I'm like, whatever. And I look across the table, and I'm like, Hey, you were at Barney's Beanery the other day wearing a tombstone around your neck that said Rip the Curse. And he's like, and he just like puts his head down. They're like, oh, tell us more. And I was like, yeah, I'm a big Red Sox. And so it just broke the ice completely. I got hired. Actually, I got hired. Uh, I flew back to Boston for the parade because I didn't have any money, but I promised myself when the Patriots won the Super Bowl for the first time, I was, I was actually out of the country and the parade and everything looked awesome. And I promised myself that if the Red Sox ever won the World Series, no matter what I was doing or where I was, I would fly home for it. And I almost didn't. And then I was like, I can't break this promise to myself. And I went home and it was awesome. That's great. Yeah. While I was at home, while I was in Boston, I got the call from Geisha House that I got a job. So it was cool because I was getting this unemployment. And then I was able to fly back to L.A. and start training for um, this place. And it was cool. It was like the busiest restaurant in Hollywood for a while. Yeah, it was pretty hot. Dude, it was, it was nuts. But... Yeah, it was. But that's crazy, though, because I have been to, like, I remember going to a, an open call at Mastro's Steakhouse yeah. a yeah. couple years ago. It was a two day open call. There was at least over 500 people there each day. Mm-hmm. And I remember going up, like, towards the end of the interviews. I think I was there on the first day. And I was like, what? You stand no chance. Yeah. Unless you know somebody or unless you got that you got that one shot like you did right there. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. gold. I lucked out. But, also, or unless you're, like, a super hot chick. Right, because what they'll do with these open calls, there's a line that walks around the block, and they'll send some dude out, and he'll pick out the hot chicks in line, and he'll be like, "Hey, you come." I know friends who've done that, like, and they'll just they'll get hired. Right, you know, they're just the prettiest girl in line. They're like, "You go in, <laughs> you go in, you go," and it's like, okay, like, it sucks, but that's the world we live in. That's the city we live in. It's true. Know? I mean, L.A. has a very good-looking, highly educated waiting staff. So I wish now, like, thinking about the interview, because I remember the interview was just. I interviewed with one of the the managers and it was just like very generic and I should have just said, what chance do I stand here? I mean, this is probably yeah, like, you, you got to set yourself apart. You're hunting to some interview. What do you really want to hear? You're not going to hear like, how am I going to pair this wine or what do you know about wines? Yeah. So I think that's irrelevant at this point. Oh yeah. They'll, right. If they like you, they'll teach you. Yeah. And actually masters, I went there not too long ago with my friend and we got, to, we just got a couple drinks and you can make a lot of money there because <sighs> insane dude, he ordered, a Manhattan, two Manhattans, and he's just like, I'm scared to see how much these are. And he's like, he's like, you think they're twenty dollars? I'm like, nah, they're probably like eighteen, nine, twenty-two dollars. Hello, for one drink, but it's they fill up the glass and then you get like a shaker. So okay, there's you know some more watered down drink. Yeah, it's there. a little after bit. Yeah, so it's like it's like when you get uh, like a, a milkshake and they give you like the leftover. <laughs> so you're like, ooh, I finished. Ooh, right. man, I still have this one left. <laughs> where do they? Where is that? What's that? That they give you the extra milkshake. There's a place like that. Johnny where you, Rockets? I don't know. Maybe. Most most milkshake places, that's like a thing. I don't, I don't think there's one place that does it. I thought, I thought it was special at this place. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's just they make special milkshakes. They're like, you know what? We like you today. We're going to yeah. give you this extra milkshake. Yeah, because they give you like the malt glass yes. or whatever it's called. They just put it down next to it. You're like, ooh. That's what. <laughs> I get more milkshake than I'm supposed to get. It's just a good feeling. You feel like you get your, your money's right there. Oh, but how did you end? Like, how did it all end at the Geisha House? Because uh, at Geisha House, it ended just because of the improv, or 
the comedy club right. that I work at. I saw right. I was started doing stand up. I just started doing it, and I saw a sign in the window of that place, and I. Uh, you can edit that out. We don't talk about where it works. But uh, <laughs> I saw. I'll, I'll make sure I beep that in yeah, post. At the beep. <laughs> I saw a sign in the place as I was walking by because I was taking classes nearby, and it just said "server wanted." And I was like, "Oh!" And I went in and just dropped off my resume. And I talked to some older comics, and I was like, "Should I work at this place?" And they were like, "Absolutely." They're like, "Definitely. You need like without a doubt." Like, because I was just starting stand up. And they were like, do it. And it was a good choice stand-up wise because I continue to work there. You know, I maintain that's like getting paid to go to school. Right. So I, I watch stand-up all night. You know, I'm always around comedy. And I, you know, I see people, I meet people, I have a ton of friends. I've got a lot of opportunities, you know, because I work there. Not because people are like, oh yeah, we want to help out this guy, but it's because I'll only know a comic because I work there and they don't even know I do stand-up. And then they see me on a show and they're like, oh my God, we didn't even know you did stand-up. That was great. And why don't you come do this show with me or why don't you do that? Or like I got the gigs in Vegas because another guy was like who I, I'd been I'd been submitting, submitting, submitting there forever. And this older comic who I just knew from working there, um, he and I ended up on a show together. He always hosts and um, he was um, I, I, I hosted the show. He actually headlined. And he was like, oh, you're a great host. Have you ever done the room out in Vegas? And I was like, no, but I've been submitting forever. And he's like. Oh, I'll put in a good word with you. You know, f- three months later, I was there doing shows. Nice. And it's all because of the good word. I mean, and I wouldn't, if you really boiled down, like I would not have known him if I didn't work at the club. Right. He would have just been another guy on the show and he probably would have been like, oh, good work. You know, he wouldn't have asked me if I ever did that. Like, cause we were buddies and we were talking, you know, we were talking about, I don't know, the Little League World Series for a while because I think his nephew was in it and I can talk about the Little League World Series for days because it's, I don't know, it's just an awesome fucking sporting event. <laughs> it's my favorite. That and the NCAA tournament and maybe playoff hockey are like, I think, the best like situations for sports. Right. I mean, I, I love, that. you know, I, I mean, I love sports and watching it, but like Little League Baseball, man, it's just, it's so pure. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. It's the purest sports and athletics there is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so I... I wish I had run into those older comics who told you to, to get the job at the Improv, because I'm... Of all the places I've worked, I'm like, yeah, we got to beep that out too, man. I don't. I'm gonna. God I'm gonna talk what, shit on this place now. Happened? Yeah, no. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm saying like ways that we can improve. Yes, yeah, improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it was a good idea, and I mean, it's cool. And you know, I'm always around comedy and stuff, which is pretty neat because I probably I'm probably less miserable waiting tables there than I would be at you know, say, the restaurant you work at. Right. <laughs> Well, or any okay, restaurant. that's interesting because uh, I would think that the big difference is that you were not as engaged with your tables in your section as you would be at a normal restaurant because like I you're like, not you have to talk to them and with you you have to be very stealth uh-huh so, you're not as engaged sometimes you are uh, I remember I was doing a show once and a very funny comedian by the name of uh, uh, Jeff Dye was on stage oh nice and uh, he's hilarious yeah Jeff's good and I remember at the time I had like I didn't really know Jeff then I know him now I uh, great guy really really funny and uh, I had a um, I had a mustache at the time I don't know what I was doing but it was pretty sweet like uh, a handlebar no just a regular you know like okay. Magnum PI um, and I was talking to this table and I don't remember what the conversation was but he's on stage and I'm just talking to the table and like they're asking these questions and I'm making jokes because that's what I do and I'm just like you know I'm not talking very loud I'm not but they're laughing 
And he goes, he's like, I'm dying up here, but that mustached waiter is fucking killing over there. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> and like, because my table's just like cracking up and he's on stage and nobody's laughing because he's just like, he's just opening his thing. And like, it was a really slow show and they were just like cracking up. And I don't know, but he's very, I don't want to take anything away from him. Like he's hilarious. He kills every night. So, but at one time, that one time. That's <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah, he's like, that mustache waiter is fucking killing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, but the thing is, you don't engage with the tables as much as you would at a at a normal. Like when I worked at, right. at the Geisha House, it was like I had to, you know, basically I was like putting on a show for these. Well, tables. I mean, you got to like take them on the tour through the menu and yeah, you know, kind of yeah, coach yeah. them through drinks and all that stuff. Like I've seen, like I've been to shows and I've seen you working uh both on and off the stage and yeah. it's like i've seen like the way that like you just kind of like swing by the table it's almost like you point more drinks more drinks yeah, you're all right you're and, right. Then, yeah. and the thing is, i can do really weird which i surprise myself all the time and customers are always surprised by this like i'll have like you know 20 30 40 people at once and i just remember what everyone gets and mm-hmm. i'm like you know they're jack and coke and they're like how do you fucking know right and i'm like i just know yeah I, I was the one who took the order you need one of this or like i'll just know what everyone's drink is and I mean, it's it's a not really that great of a talent, but <laughs> but speaking of drinks, though, because uh, it's already hard enough to carry like a normal amount of drinks on a oh, tray. Oh yeah, the trays. You guys are just carrying an insane it, yeah. amount of cocktails yeah. on a tray, and it's not just like regular cocktails in a rocks glass. We're talking about the ones that are oh, coming in that stupid tall glass, like a hurricane glasses, glass, big pills in our glasses. Come on! But I mean, it trays like at, at a regular restaurant, you might bring maybe six drinks out. Yeah, you know, a party six. Or you'll have someone help you. But at this, I'll bring like, I don't know, 16 drinks out, depending. I mean, now it's a little different because they have, uh, you have these handheld computers. Okay. And so people are running your drinks too. But before that, you would write them down, run in the back. There were two computers. So if there are six servers, you just got to wait. Right. You punch in all the drinks and you go out and get more orders. Then you come back, you pick up a giant tray of drinks and then bring it out. And the way I do it is I plate them in order and they go around in a circle. So okay. I know which drink is which, and I put them in this order, and then I can go to the table and take it off. But yeah, sometimes I'll have like a giant, I, I mean like 45 pounds of drinks in one hand. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe a little At less, least. but it's, it's fucking heavy. Yeah. And then I'll have like <laughs> two beer bottles in the other hand. I'm balancing this shit, and I go to, cause, and like the two beer bottles, I know I have to drop right. them first, and then I have my hand. And it's just, it's nutty. And when I first worked there, I was like, what the F? And also, it's, it's a totally different experience. When I worked at Geisha House, you'd be slow all night. And then all of a sudden, you'd get like four tables sat at once because the hosts, they really knew what they were doing. Right. And you get them all. I mean, like most do. Yeah. I, mean. I don't mean at one. I mean, like at the exact same time. <laughs> they all sit down like four, six tops. And it's great to have. You know that many people in your section, like it's cool, but taking twenty four people at once, not at the same time, at different times, and you got to give the same stupid spiel, like, "Oh, do you want to see the wine list? Do you want like taking them through a tour?" That's hard, but at the improv, I said it again, man. Uh, <laughs> but there, <laughs> I mean, we're, t- we're not saying anything bad about no, this place. I, I, I mean, you I, know what? I really like. I like it's it. A good, it's, a it's a good, good, club. good place. I perform there. <laughs> I work there. It's it's fun, man. It's a good place. I mean. Some of the cu- times the customers are whatever, but sometimes they're great. So this is any a quality establishment. Yeah, it's so, awesome. I mean, so I mean, I, I really like the place. It's been around for fifty years. It's an yeah, institution. Hello. I mean, come on. Anyways, I uh, 
don't remember what I was saying. Oh, then it's like you, what we have to do there is we seat the whole room, mm-hmm. then you go around and take orders. So your section is full, and it's not you know, it's not twenty four people if you have a full section. It's like thirty five people, and they're all like different, and people are split up on different tables, and like you constantly split checks. Yeah, and so I mean, splitting checks is annoying, but it's really manageable if I do it as I'm taking the order. So the first thing I do is go over the table and hey, how you guys doing? Are you guys all together on one bill, or do you need split checks? And so, that's good. Yeah, because then I can usually splitting it. checks is a bane of any server's existence. Oh, at the end of the night, it's the, or especially because you. The thing is, you do all the first rounds at the same time, and then you drop all the checks at the same time. Okay. And dropping checks at the same time is usually just as busy as that. And if they're like, and I tell them up front, I'm like, look, guys, if you want to split checks, that's fine. But at the end of the show, I can't do $12 on this card, $15 on this card, $17 on this card. I can split it equally, or we can just split it up front, and I'll give you your own bill. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, do you mind splitting it five ways? I was like, if you do it now, I don't mind at all. And they're like, oh, cool. So I'll give them five checks. instead. Of, but, I mean, that makes my stack of checks you know, right. increase exponentially. But still, it's easier for me to have five checks than have one check. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, could you put the uh, nachos and the Jack and Coke on this one, and then put you know the burger and the beer on it. I'm like, oh my right. god, it's like a fucking puzzle. Now, most of the time, is the first round always before the show starts? First round is usually sometimes before the show starts, which is nice, which is a luxury. That means people don't people don't come in on time; they come in late. Of course, well, so I mean, it's, it's, like, it's L.A. Yeah, as the show's filling up, you take the first. So first round is hopefully ordering before the show starts. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's as the show's starting. So it's kind of, yesterday I actually performed there and I was the first guy up. So a lot of people don't have their drinks yet. A lot of people are still taking the orders. Yep. And it's it's harder as the comic too. And especially if you do like a shorter set, which I did last night. I did, did seven minutes. There wasn't even a host. So it's just like a tag team show. Yeah. And, you know, I went up and it's like, you really got to engage the audience. So it's it's harder. It's hard as a server and it's hard as the, uh, as the comic, too, if the drinks aren't out, because some people are, I don't have my well, drink gonna yet. Give I'm not now, happy. You have a whole new perspective now, because you've seen, obviously, as a comic, let's just call it the, the check drop spot, yep. which is uh, when a comic is on stage, it's towards the end of the show, the server comes around, obviously, you're going to get your bill. Mm-hmm. That's called the check drop spot. And the comic who's on stage is the check drop spot comic. Yeah. And it's really difficult to perform during that because mm-hmm. people are looking at their bill rather than paying attention to what the comic is yeah. talking about. And they'll usually give that to like a newer comic or like a comic that isn't the headliner. But so, but at, at this place, like the headliner, it, it's a, it's not, a, you know, the headliner's not doing an hour here. The headliner's doing, you know, 20 minutes. Right. So the checks usually come out during that person's set. And we're not supposed to drop the checks right in the front during the headliner. Which is sort of a newer policy, but it's it's fine. I understand it as the headliner, but also, if you're headlining, like, there are a lot of headliners. I'm like, look, this guy is an amazing comedian. A check drop isn't going to distract the audience. So it's like, if you're an awesome comic, like, it shouldn't bother you. But some comics are really bothered by it, which is fine. And some really strong comics who shouldn't be bothered by it are. I guess it's just a little distracting. But... You know, I mean, I know it's distracting, but it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's just part of the part of the beast. I mean, but that's part of the machine. Like I've always dealt with it. Like that's the part where I know there's should be like a break in between your jokes, and that's when you're gonna start going to the audience with more things, or you kind of do things that aren't gonna need them to pay that much attention to yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're talking about. You can do it, and a lot of comics make note of it. Oh, the checks are out. This is right. you're not gonna pay attention to. That's fine. I mean. 
I like when comics make notes of it. Like that's when comics complain about it. That's one as a server, but that's one thing. But when comics make note of it and make a joke, that's fine. So yeah, the check you, you gotta be a little bit. But that's whole part of the the thing. Like yeah, you're saying, part you gotta of the be show. stealth. Yeah. with it. So I'll come around. And I'll be like, hey, you need one of these. You know, it's like it's like a whisper a lot of the times. So I mean, it's it's a totally different different type of place. Mm-hmm. It's not a restaurant, you know. We, but it's you know, and at the same time, I don't think, I don't know. This isn't true across the board, but a lot of times, the uh, the what we're getting a vibrating yeah. phone over here. <laughs> we're getting a call for the show. Yeah, <laughs> well, caller, what's your name? <laughs> uh, a lot of times, I don't know if the crowd realizes that like we're actually doing. More work than just like a cocktail server. So, right. you know, if your bill's $30, you should give us six bucks. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's just, it's not like, oh, they just brought two drinks. I got to give two bucks. It's right. Like, no, because also when you give $2 on like a $30 bill, the the IRS is assuming you're making more than that if it's cash. And if it's a credit card, they'll see it. But still, it's like, I'm still getting taxed on my sales. Yeah. And if you're not tipping, 20% I'm technically paying for you to see the show or you to be here so it's like tip 20% just you know how to do it you know just double the first number so if it's 70 you know you get $14 <laughs> come on so yeah tip I mean that's the thing and it's like just because we're not doing like just because it's not a standard restaurant doesn't mean you should tip 4 on 80 I mean, but I think, okay, first of all, the whole like dollar a drink thing is gone by the way of like 15% is a a good tip. We got to get past that. I mean, it is, but I mean, I I can see a dollar a drink. Like if the bar, if you're at like the bar, maybe, but I mean, dollar a drink is better than like $3 for five drinks, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of that is okay. Like a dollar a beer. That's mine is usually like, if I get a beer, I'll give them a buck. You know, if I get a beer, that's $15. That's still just like a bottle. It's mm-hmm. like you're, you're still gonna get a buck. Like you're opening a beer, which is which is fine. And don't like, I, but if I if my bar tab is you know seventy dollars and I've been there by myself for a, like they're getting that twenty percent. It's right. not like like it's also like like you go to the bar, you go up, you just do one drink, you leave. Like I can see a dollar a drink there. Like that's fine. I it's always better to tip more. Like they're busting their ass usually, but. You know, if you have a big bar bill and you're just like, well, I only got six drinks, but your drinks are $12 a piece. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, like, you, you want to tip, you know, a little bit more. Accordingly. Yeah. It shouldn't be a $6, it shouldn't be a $6 tip. And I've always learned too, uh, as a comic going, you know, getting started and going through the ranks, it should always be nice to the wait staff yeah. at the club that you work at because they're going to be the people that are going to help you return to work Absolutely. there. Have you seen that as a case where, where comics are... If comics are dick to the waitstaff, they're not going to want them back, especially on the road, too. Like, you go on the road and you're, you know... Because they go out afterwards, they're all friends. Yeah. It's like, they have the manager's ear, and they're like, oh, you know, Joey Rockenstein was a really nice guy. And he's like, okay, I remember Joey Rockenstein. Was really nice. They're like, oh, Joey came in. You know, he was a dickhead. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we're not going to want him back. And, like, they're friends with the booker or something. The booker's like, eh... Then you wonder why you don't get booked at that club for six years. And they yeah. come back and be a dick again. It's like, no. You got to be nice to the staff. Man. Yeah. I mean, they run the place. They're the ones who are ensuring that your audience is having a good time. And if your audience is having a good time, you're probably having a good time because yep. they're laughing at your jokes. So Everybody's yeah. working like cohesively. Be nice to the that. staff, man. Yeah. 
And I'll never forget too, my first time, I felt so bad for this girl, but my first time performing at the improv. Yeah. So I was already a wreck. It probably, I shouldn't have even been there at that point yet, but I still, I think it was, a, I think it was a, a TK show. Okay. And, and so there was a reason why I was there when I shouldn't have been ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, TK, show. TK usually has like TK is cool. He usually just does uh like it's their bringer show. Bringer shows. It's like yeah. com- newer comics are doing spots at like a bigger club. Yeah. So I'm in, uh, I would say three minutes into my set and one of the girls who was, uh, who was a server there, she had a huge tray of drinks and I literally watched her drop it as she was walking uh. through the main part of the club, uh, during my set. And as a newer comic, I did not know how to handle it. Oh, I, had, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. have anything in my repertoire at that, at that point. Yeah. Was, you know, you had to read and all I could room. say was like, uh, are you okay? Jeez, <laughs> I, I just man. felt so bad for, I did not know what to do. And from there, it's like, I just, I think I just dug myself deeper into a hole. Yeah. One <laughs> of my, way. uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but, uh, Adam Carolla was there one night and my friend, my buddy, Sean, he, um, he doesn't work there anymore. He moved to Texas, but I still call him this because <laughs> I get Carolla's on stage and he drops a plate and it shatters and you can hear the plate shatter and everyone's like, Ooh, and a couple people clap and he's like, don't do that. Don't do that guys. You have to be better. His thing is like, what am I talking about? Be better than your server. Like, don't be an ass. He's like, so what? Some poor bitch dropped a plate. And he's like, so. <laughs> Anyways, you call my buddy Sean a poor bitch. So I always call him poor. Like, I'll still text him. I'll be like, hey, poor bitch. How's Texas? You know? Like, nice. And it pisses him off so much that I call him poor bitch. It's so funny, man. He's just like, oh. And he's one of those guys you love to see get mad because he's just like the nicest guy. And like, you love to see him get mad because it's hilarious. And he's, you know, he's mad for like a split second. So. <laughs> He's a good sport, but I'll call him poor bitch. That that's fantastic, especially to get called that by Corolla. Yeah, like it's almost like a life. stamp that you're gonna have to wear for the rest of your life. Yeah. Now. Well, yeah. especially if you work with me, because I won't let you forget right. that shit. No one else would do it, but then I was like, "Oh, poor bitch, poor right. bitch." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you were a poor bitch." Nice. <laughs> so it's yeah, that, was, that was that was a good one. Well, speaking of poor bitches, mm-hmm. brings me to the segment on the show that I love and hate. It's the L.A. Yelp Diaries. Oh, jeez. Because as we all know, Yelp is bringing down America. It really is, man. And one thing I don't like about Yelp is I, I dated a girl that used to do this shit. She was kind of an idiot, but okay. She would. Well, at she what would, point did you find out that she was a, a Yelper? Well, she wouldn't Yelp to like. She would Yelp to get free shit. She would like Yelp if a place was bad, so then she could get like free stuff. She's like, oh, I Yelped about it. They'll give me something. I'm like, wait, what? So some people will do like purposefully bad Yelp reviews so they can get like tickets or something, you know, well, like, like the free, place a free round of drinks next time they come in. Who's giving them the drinks? Like the manager. It wasn't even that. It was even like other business. I forget what she would use them for, but like an auto repair place. She's like, blah, 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 this is bad. And they're like, come back again. We'll give you a discount. It's like what? Just take down your Yelp review. Like, right. Okay. It's like so people use Yelp as like a bargaining chip. But also, I don't it's think like I want coupon. I don't want a discount on people who are working on my car. Eh, whatever. If they do a good job, right? That's the thing. Or it's like we'll give you a free oil change. Right? It's like okay, <laughs> something like it was something like. But she would do that, and I was like, "Are you kidding?" So there clearly there are some reviews that I've read, and I'm like, "This person's just looking for free shit." Like this never once happened. So, well, I've also found out too recently that perhaps the bad reviews are coming from the Yelp company themselves. That they're putting these bad reviews on the businesses so that they will start paying Yelp because. A lot of businesses pay Yelp to get good reviews and to get high rankings Are on the you site. Fucking kidding yeah, that's just so, so immoral. That's what I think. That's what Yelp stands for. The immoral shit. Yeah. 
It's, it's, it should be, yep, we're immoral. <laughs> Just take the L out. Yeah. Put it at the Just end of yep. immoral. Yep, we're immoral. Speaking uh, of one of those guys, let's meet so Hans V. Oh, Hans. From West Hollywood, California. First of all, uh, you're going to read this out loud? Yeah. Okay, I read it. Hans, uh, hopefully he's foreign because his English sucks. Exactly. Well, I mean, okay, that's kind of like the staple for most Yelpers. They're yeah. poor. They're grammatically, they're horrible. Well, they have you ever read those s- dramatic Yelp reviews or seen those on like, yeah. YouTube? They're yeah. funny, man. People are fucking stupid. Yeah, they're real. funny. But yeah, man, Hans is English is shit. Uh, okay, go ahead. So Hans writes. <clears throat> Wait, are you going to do an accent as soon as for it? I like to be improv, and I saw. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe would that help? Would that help this? I don't know. It might actually take away from yeah. it. Just, yeah, I, I'd yeah. say just read it verbatim. Okay. So. I'll stick with, with it. He uses yeah, the same week. words a lot, too. I <laughs> read right. this, and I was like, what the... F-? I read it again. I was like, okay. I know it, Hans His English is limited. Yeah. So, okay. Hans writes, Dear Yelp, <laughs> If I stayed away from the food, then I would have given the improve a higher rating. But since the improv has remodeled and opened the roadhouse out front, and the food was worse than the cafeteria and the amusement park... All right, I'm going to stop you right yeah. now. First of all, he's like, if I stayed away from the food, I would have given it a higher... Then fucking stay away from the food, Hans. <laughs> and I always enjoy... Okay, we're obviously... We're still talking about our favorite place, the improv. But he goes in the same... The improv. The improv. Then the improv. And then the improv. So... I think he wrote this on his phone, like, because the English is so bad. And it's like... I don't it was want- probably auto-corrected. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, wait, no, I want to say... And then he just right. didn't go back. I don't even want to give him that because it just... I don't know. <laughs> All, all, I, all I gotta say is Hans just reminds me of Die Hard. Hans, blah, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah. Yeah. That's yip, it. yippee ki motherfucker. Ah, fuck this guy. Keep going. He continues. <clears throat> One star is all I can muster. <laughs> I live in the neighborhood. It must have been so hard for him to muster up right? that one star. Like, God, like, oh, oh, should is- I click <laughs> it? Oh, Hans. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he's not mustering more than one star, yeah. usually at any place. Yeah, yeah, So he continues, I live in the neighborhood, so I've been here a couple of times, and when I saw the Roadhouse restaurant, I was psyched to see another restaurants come into the neighborhood. Yeah, another restaurants. Also, let me, uh, <laughs> side note, uh, what people don't know about the Roadhouse is it opened up, and it was kind of a cluster when it opened because, like, the chef... Actually, they had the chef. He doesn't work there anymore. Like the head, they had the chef fly out. They flew him out from New York, put him up here. Did, like he was the. This was his place. Like they moved him to L.A. Right. to open this restaurant, and he was. Uh, he did a lot of shit, like weird stuff. Like, and I probably shouldn't talk about. It. They don't want me to talk about that stuff. Like that'll they'll get really pissed. Right. That's fine. But uh, yeah, he doesn't work there anymore. He was there for like a month before they let him go, and that's like the head executive chef. So they. They canned him and his assistant, and then they moved in another chef to rework his menu. So, like, the menu was always sort of, like, it's never been solid. So, uh, yeah, also, like, there, there's some guy who they have responding to all these. They're like, oh, sorry, you had a bad experience. Try this. Do this. Right. And the guy's like, clearly doesn't know what he's doing because he's like, try the hush puppies. They're <laughs> delicious. Never had them on the menu. Not once. The old chef. First of all, also the old chef, like, his thing was, he's like, I'm a fine dining guy, but I do barbecue. And um, so he always sort of looked down upon the fact that he had to feed people in a comedy club, too. Got so it. he's like, he didn't care. And he, his big thing was no modifications. So if you wanted, like, the jala- the fucking nachos with no jalapenos, he'd be pissed. Like, no. And he, like, moved that shit to the back of the line. Lo- like, it was just so dumb, man. 
Like someone was like, I'm allergic to avocado. Can I get the pulled pork sandwich with the without avocado spread? And I was like, uh, I have to ask. <laughs> and I went and asked, and they were like, No, absolutely that, not. All right, because that's kind of ridiculous. Because there I, are a few places that do that. Yeah, but, but still, I mean, to, to delete something from that where you can just not, yeah, it's the people who want to take something off but then add something to it. Yeah, I think yeah. The ones that Could are, I substitute chicken for tomatoes? <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah, you know the cost is different, right? Oh yeah, I want it the same price. Like, no, you can't substitute chicken for tomatoes. Right. All right, back to Han. Sorry, oh, I keep I keep no, it's okay, but that, okay, that's I've seen that happen before. That's actually uh, that happens a lot where you have one chef come in, they open a place, and then it doesn't work out, and they're gone. Yeah, but the place so, still is open. Yeah, so it's like it's it's in this weird state of flux, and the new chef like is adding things to the menu. First of all, he also in West Hollywood refused to have any you know vegetarian options on the menu, which is I was talking to a guy who owned another restaurant a day ago. And he had this sandwich shop, and he's like, when I first opened, I was like, sausage, meatballs. And people would come in, and it was across from uh, soda, it, it was soda Pops, right? right? Which is on La Cienega across from um, uh, Real Food Daily. Okay. And he's like, these guys would come in, and they'd be like, yeah, my girlfriend's across the street at Real Food Daily getting food. And he's like, so I had to adapt, or I wouldn't have been open. First of all, Soda Pops is awesome. Like, the food there is... If you want a good sandwich, I recommend that place. They highly. are good, yeah. But they have like they have really heavy food, but they also have like a lighter option. And he's at first he didn't want to do it, but he's like I had to adapt to the neighborhood because I it's like he goes now I sell you know so much more of this stuff. And he's like it tripled my business. Yeah, I mean, and so he can go in and you know you can get you can, you can get the steak and cheese or you can get like a turkey avocado wrap. You know, so it's it's all about adapting to you. You gotta want to stay in business. For one, I mean, there's yeah, and this guy had no vegetarian options, like nothing. Like the only vegetarian option was French fries, <laughs> like, and like he tried to jazz everything up too. Like he's like, I'm gonna serve a hot dog wrapped in bacon or whatever, but uh, as a side, I'm gonna put hazelnuts or no chestnuts, chestnuts, chestnuts are the side because I'm from New York and it just reminds me of New York winters when we have chestnuts and it's like. Nobody ate them. That's what I was thinking. And they were really hard to fucking open too. Like they weren't cooked right, and like it's just so yeah. It's like those it's... chestnuts are sold by themselves from street vendors in New York. Like it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not like so... so they were on the side. People were like, what is this? Can I get French fries? We're like, nope. But now <laughs> we serve with French fries. It was it was it was smart change. So Hans continues. Yeah, Hans. But oh. then came last night. Ooh. The show was funny, but the food was beyond inedible. Okay, uh, interrupt again. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you finish this year, but uh, it's like that's like going to the movie theater and being like, oh, the fucking popcorn, right. man. Oh, geez. You know, it's like what one best picture? 12 Years a Slave. Like, 12 Years a Slave was epic. Like, oh my God, I felt for that movie, but the popcorn right. ruined it. It t- keep taking me out of the moment. Uh, I just can't. I don't know God, what was How can you have an Oscar winning performance if you don't have good popcorn? Subpar popcorn. Uh, Hans this is ridiculous. Dick. Hans, bubala. <laughs> he continues We ordered nachos, or as they like to call it, tortola chips, <laughs> <laughs> with nonsensical crap on, nonsensical crap on thrown on top. I gotta yeah. stop right there again. First, this is this has to be on his phone because no one's gonna write Tortola like that's his friend's last name that he's written like it's like Jimmy Tortola's coming. He probably wrote that like a million times in his text messages, and then they were like Tortilla, nope Tortola. No, I, I'm sorry, but Siri from iPhone knows knows Tortilla. Siri knows Tortilla. 
So there's no way this guy is an idiot. Okay. <laughs> With nonsensical crap on thrown on top. Yeah. Nonsensical crap on thrown on top. Yeah. First of all, what is nonsensical crap? It's like, this doesn't make sense. It's like, this isn't even food. It's like, eh, there's a fucking pencil shavings on this. On that doesn't nachos. make sense. I don't get it. Where the, who uses pencils anymore? Yeah. <laughs> this is just nonsensical I'm sure, crap. I'm pretty sure there's um, a certain... There's, there's a certain layer of things that go into nachos, and you're not going to go and mess First that of all, up. I would, that, I would also defend the nachos also, but not being nonsensical. I think it makes perfect sense because Hans... <laughs> ordered these nachos off of a menu. Now, stop me if this is a new concept. A menu which listed all of these ingredients. So it they're following that recipe, so it makes sense. I mean, if the recipe is like a little bit new and different, right. that's fine. But I wouldn't say nonsensical when you're eating it. It's like, this doesn't make sense. Jalapeno, like... Yeah, it was listed, dude. You knew what you were getting into. Like, I didn't know before. this had onions. It's like, oh, I didn't know you couldn't read. Right. Which it seems what, what happens with a lot of customers. Well, Hans can't really read that one. Well, he can't write at least. Tortola chips. And a burger that was an inedible hockey puck. Oh, an ice ball. That sat <laughs> on my plate <laughs> and made me want to puke. It was the kind of cheap crap that could have been served in a really, really, really crappy cafeteria. Well, I used crap twice there, cafeteria. Also... Uh, I do want to say one thing. Um, I've actually sort of turned this story into a joke when I was doing a show once, and this woman got so drunk in the audience that she, like Hans, she puked on her table. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's not the worst part. The worst part is she sat there like nothing happened at all. It's just like your table's covered in vomit, lady. What did everybody else do? Everyone was horrified. Like, people were standing up and like, and she's just like, ooh. Like, yeah. So if Hans puked on his table... I, I bet he wouldn't have pretended like nothing happened. <laughs> no, he he would have yelped about how it wasn't his fault. I wish there was a part of Yelp where it was like at the end it was like percentage you tipped. Yeah, that'd be a good little thing. And so it's like everyone's like, oh, huh? And then you could actually like cross reference it with the server and be like, how much did this guy really tip? And they're like, oh, he said he tipped nine dollars. Dude tipped four dollars right. on a ninety dollars. Incorrect. Bill. You know. That would be that would be a good feature for Yelp. I should write them. Be like, hey man, on your reviews, could you ask how much these assholes tipped? And they'd be like, no, the, that we cannot do that. That would be all honest. we want to do is bad mouth restaurants. That would be something moral. There are good reviews sometimes, but the bad ones are the ones everybody harps upon. Okay, keep I want to read this part Hans. again. Read it again, Hans. I'm really, really, really <laughs> crappy cafeteria. That a chief. Would place his oh, a name chief. Yeah, a chief. Behind, I, what are we on the reservation? Yeah, what, yeah, What's yeah. going he on in this comedy it's, club? It's, it, I, I'm convinced he has the Yelp. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, not chef, chief. That's okay. what you meant. That would be a great comedy show on some kind of uh, uh, Native American reservation. Hey, who here's from out of town? Nobody? You on the land? Okay, let's go. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, that a chief place his name behind these culinary dishes is a tribute to his lack of morals or knowledge of food. I'm not I don't know if he's immoral because you don't like the food. <laughs> Who this man is immoral. <laughs> oh, his food stinks. What an immoral bastard. He's he's unethical. We, we got to get down. <laughs> we're taking this chief Does out. Does it say unethical? <laughs> I'm not sure which. In the past, I have enjoyed the good food at the improv. <laughs> and for the price you pay for it, it should be. But until they shape up, 
I won't be returning. Well, how about this, Hans? Here's a quick thing. We, we touched upon it in the beginning. You didn't like the food. Why don't you just eat before you come? That would, that would suffice. Then get a soda or two, because you're supposed to get two things. So just so I can eat before you get there. Is Hans. two things there include a drink and food? Or yep. Okay. Two items, not two food. I know at the store you got to get two drinks. Yeah. And then the food's just S- separate, extra. With the food, their food, like you want bad food, go to the plate, the comedy clubs on Sunset. Man, those are way worse. Ew. It's like you can tell it was just microwaved. Like, <laughs> you want a microwave burger? You know, yeah, it, that's like uh, I think the factory's got that. Like, I don't go there that much, but when I've seen the food there, I'm always like, I I don't think of comedy clubs. I mean, I know that they're trying to go in a different direction, but even still, yeah. like, it's, you're not really there for the food. You're there for the entertainment yeah. and to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. mean, the food there is kind of pricey, and you know you should love it, but I mean. I don't like the food everywhere I go. I right. also don't complain about it often. I don't. I don't think I've ever written a Yelp review. Actually, I, I to be on this show, you you can't. Oh really? No. Well, I just made that up now. But just five. Yeah. I'm on Yelp though. I'm on it, and I do look like for restaurants through it, like especially on the, the phone. Like I'm like, oh, I'm here. I'm hungry. Right. Oh, there's a restaurant, you know, four blocks away that got four stars by one dude. Okay, I'll go. Usually all right, but um, I'm on it though because uh, I have like a pat name or profile. I like put like a show I was doing up on there once, like I was promoting it, and I was like, "Oh, put it on Yelp." I don't know if anyone came right. because of it, but I gave it f- four or five stars. But yeah, so is that the end of uh, Hans? Well, as we say here, Hans, you got Yelped. <laughs> <laughs> is that really what you said? I do. It showed him. <laughs> Showed him. Oh, Hans, you got yelped. Hans, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm saying it right. No, as we as we start to wrap Hans up wrap Gruber. up this episode, I do want to ask you this because I, I talked to uh, T K Kelly was on uh, the show previously. Okay. And uh, we m- briefly touched upon this. Have you seen this bachelorette parties? Yeah. At comedy shows. Uh huh. Okay. Don't go. They. Uh, we gotta stop this. Yeah, I mean, these are these are the worst ideas ever. Well, the like, problem with a bachelorette party at a comedy show, actually, the best one I ever heard was like uh, this dude I know was doing improv at Improv Olympic in Chicago, and this bachelorette party came in, and they decided to do like a their improv set was like a Charlie Chaplin silent film. Oh God, and it was probably like the worst <laughs> choice they could have done because they just want to hear swears and you know sex things or whatever. But um, yeah, bachelorette parties. You shouldn't go to a comedy club because chances are they're not going to make it about The Bachelorette. And if you do, you're probably going to get kicked out. Right. Because like, you, you got to consider, like, the room, say the room holds 200, 300 people. Your Bachelorette party is, what, 12? Yeah. You know? At least. Yeah. So and these Bachelorette parties, I mean, you're going out and you're concerned about one thing. Looking like a bunch of idiots and yeah. just attracting as much attention to yourself to as you bar. can. Go to a bar. That's what it's for. Unless, unless like the woman at the bachelorette party is a huge fan like, of comedy. Like loves comedy. And she's like, oh my God, you know, I want to go see Louis C.K. And then it's like, you know, you're not going to find like a bachelorette party. Like you can still have dicks on your head or whatever, but you're going to sit there respectfully watch the guy. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I've understand never, it's a live I, medium. Yeah, so. but I can never use like respectful and bachelorette party in the same sentence because yeah. anytime I've had that situation like I was at the Ventura uh, Harbor Comedy Club yeah and it just it was insanity like mm-hmm. you literally had to shut them up like almost after every joke that yeah, you do yeah and a good and comedy club the you know the door staff or whatever will come over and be like hey guys 
stop. Right. You're right. going to get kicked out. Right. But you did use the word good comedy club. And when I was performing up there, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't go I've been there before. They had really good sound. <laughs> no, I, I've been there <laughs> once. It was a good club, man. Like I went to a different show. So, right. You know, I mean, it's. I mean, a club can be as good or as bad as the audience. So right, or the owner. So I mean, that's that's all. The, hey, I'm guessing, Brandy, you don't listen to the show, and if you do, <laughs> welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> Looking to hear back for you one of these years, so if you can respond to my emails, I'd appreciate it. So that's what we're saying: is don't have your bachelorette party at a comedy club. We're gonna wrap up the show with this. Andy doesn't know about this, but Uh-oh. this is a game that we play on the show called the Daily Specials, where I do ten rapid-fire questions at the guests. Okay. You answer them with the first answer that comes to your mind and an explanation if needed. You ready for this? Yeah. Do you want one-word answers or just the first? Whatever answers? you need. All Whatever right, cool. you need. Okay. Cool. Here we go. The Daily Specials. Number one. Have you ever spit in a customer's food? No, but I've wanted to. <laughs> Two, how many coworkers have you hooked up with? Uh, a few? I don't really know. Good uh, enough. Yeah, I've worked at a lot of restaurants. Number three, when you go out to eat, do you evaluate your service? Uh, only if it's, yeah. I mean, I do. I'll say, like, it's good or if it's bad, but they're still getting a 20% tip. If it's really good, they'll get more. I usually tip more than that because nice. I know how much it sucks. But if I've never been like, you were fucking terrible. <laughs> You're getting one. You're getting a penny. Like, I would never do that shit. Number four. Will you Unless, like, I see them spitting my food. Oh, my God. <laughs> my friend was at a fucking Denny's once. He told me this story. And he's got pancakes. And it came out. There was just a curly hair on the top. Oh, my like, God. Curly, and you could see, like, the little white part at the end, like, the root. And it's just right on the top, in the middle of the pancake. And he's just like, uh, miss? And he's got curly hair. And you're like, uh, miss? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, Oh, there's a hair right on. She's like, oh, maybe it came from your head. And he's like, no. And he just could look and just see the chef just glaring at him. Like the chef's mad dogging him from the kitchen. Ew. (laughs) It's so gross. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) Number four. Will you ever say something to your server if the service is bad? Um, Depending. I mean, maybe. I mean, if it's really bad, yeah. Because, I mean, I don't work at the club or the, the restaurant, and I'll just be like, yeah, man, hey, the, uh, you know, it'd be nicer if you could just pay attention. Like, hey, right. is that food coming out? But I'm not going to be a dick about it. Unless, of course, you know, in the rare occasions it's never happened. If the server's a dick, yeah, you know, that's that's the only way I would do it, you know? But Got it. I would. I understand that it's most of the times out of your control. Yeah. It really is. They're, yeah, they're it's like, oh, the food's taking forever because I'm not cooking it. You know? <laughs> okay. There are a lot of people making this shit work, and you can see the place is busy. So. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I would do it in, like, a nice way. Wouldn't be like, hey, dick, what the- <laughs> where the fuck are my Tortola chips, bitch? <laughs> yeah. Number so, five. Maybe. Best tip you've ever received. Oh, uh, fucking Drew Carey. <laughs> they, uh, me too. He's awesome. Yeah. He tips 100 bucks every time. No matter what. No matter, no matter what. what. I brought him a bottle yep. of water once. He gave me $60 and apologized because he uh, uh, didn't have more. Yeah. I was like, dude, I, I just brought you a bottle of water. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um, Yeah, a lot to... I, mean, I had $26. Time, $26 tab. He yeah, gave me Yeah, the celebrities come to mind first. Matt Damon tipped the shit out of me. He came in once for his birthday party. He and his wife, like his wife was, I think, a server. She was a cocktail waitress or something. Like, first of all, incredibly nice. Right. Right? And I, you know, 
That's good. Them, and they were actually that. they were actually impressed that I knew everybody's order because they came in a big party. He tipped me like I don't know, a couple hundred bucks, like like way more than he needed to. And it was like he's just like, thanks, man, you were great. And then then I saw him later, like uh, after the show, like in the restroom, and we were washing our hands, and we just started talking about the Red Sox for like I don't know ten minutes. Just the nicest dude. Nice. You know, and after that's after a huge tip. Like he was real cool, but. Um, so those are the ones that stand out. But once this guy came in, um, and I mean, his bill was like $14 or something cheap. And like, it was his wife and she couldn't really see that well. And I don't know who the guy was or anything. Like he never came in. And I was just, you know, I was just nice to them. I'm not going to be, I'm nice to, you know, all the customers. Right. And um, he came in and was just like, uh, it was like 40, to me 80 bucks. And it was just like, hey, dude, thanks for being real patient with us or something. And I was just like, awesome. totally unnecessary. Yeah. But yeah. So like that, those kind of things. I mean, it really does stand out. And if you're – and it also stands out like if someone's making you work really hard. Like, and you know you're like you're constantly going to and from that table. And they tip you like shit. I mean, that's that's like, come on, man. It's like I just got so, you like, oh, yeah, so like deflating. you asked for a cup of cherries and then like a side of limes at different times too, not even like at the same time. Like if you ask for a lot of stuff at once, that's fine. But if I keep coming back and you're asking you for keep something, asking for oh, things. now we need more ranch. Now we need this, and I'm running in every direction and getting you the stuff. Or like, hey man, I got you a free refill. Right. We don't get free refills, but I, you know, and they're like, oh thanks. Here's a dollar. <laughs> I know. I've been there. Number yeah. six, is it harder to wait on girls or guys? Hmm. I don't know, man. That's because, you know, like we said, I work in West Hollywood or Hollywood, too. So, you know, a lot of people are high maintenance. But or the guy could be the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't right. know. I don't, I'm torn on that one. I've never really gone to a table and been like, oh man, it's four girls. <laughs> Fuck. But no, I don't, I've never thought about that. It's a harder way on girls or guys. I just, if you're, if you're difficult, you're difficult. Right. So sometimes dudes are real difficult, like just with just tons of questions that nobody ever asks. It's like, come on. But sometimes, you know, uh, girl, I, I, Undecided. It's all right. First neutral on that one. I like it. Really? Yeah. What do most people say? Most girls. people say girls. girls. Yeah, I could see that because there, you know, there's like that commercial. What was it where the girl like? Oh, I don't know about this, this, this. And the guys like steak, rare fries, yeah. you know, <laughs> like that. And a lot of guys are like that too. But it's like, you know, everybody's special in Los Angeles. Well, like I just had this table the other night, couple, and the lady just kept asking like, "How big is the salmon? How big is the sea bass? Yeah. Like how big? Is, I'm like, and I. <laughs> I couldn't even say, like, my usual answer when I, when I learned in nutrition class back in college was that it, it should be, like, the size of a checkbook. Yeah. But now who the hell knows what a checkbook is anymore, <laughs> so I can't even say that. So the size of an iPhone. Yeah. It's not going to be like, uh, it's about six inches. And then yeah. I start thinking six inches, I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's about the size of, I don't know, an average cock. That's where you Jesus. get a, something like that. <laughs> yeah, how about the same? Size of an average cock. <laughs> uh, uh, size. <laughs> I'll be back. Just say that one day. Size of an average cock. Think about that. I'll return. <laughs> Number seven, best excuse you've used to call out sick. Huh, best excuse. Uh, I don't know if I've called out sick for not actually being sick. Because I'm, here's, let me, let me uh, give you a little background on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking crazy about getting my shifts off. 
like I find out about stuff and I put in right away and I'm just like I'm the managers know I take a lot of shifts off because I have a lot of shows and stuff and you know and they're cool with that yeah and I get that shit in right away and then tell them why and give them an explanation so most of the, I've only not been able to take a shift off once and that's because it was recent and there was like some changes and like nobody could cover it and that's the first time I ever had to cancel on a show because I couldn't get off work and it was just a miserable night for me and I was really pissed but yeah. I'll find out about a show the first thing I do is I put in like the request off book and I tell them why I'll, often I'll accompany it with an email or something but I'm really so th- things really don't come up for me there but maybe at Geisha House I called in sick before I don't know, man. I, I want to be honest. I, I could make something up, but I don't know if I've ever really done that. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, the average here on the show is that most people have not used a great excuse. Oh, really? Like it, I've had one one or two people where they they had like a good uh, made-up excuse, but most people just called in and they were actually sick. Oh, dude. One time I was uh, – I was uh, like sick sick as shit and they didn't believe me that I was sick because I wanted to go to this play and I wanted to get the night off and they wouldn't give it to me it was at the W and I was just so like I got like this stomach bug and they made me still come into work they you know they threatened to fire me or something and I needed the job so it's like I went into work and I kept having to leave the bar like I would run out to go vomit or something and I was like why am I fucking here like I can't right. even stand up and then I went home they sent me home and the bartender was all pissed because he thought I was you know cheating out of something. and like then something happened he called me and my phone was that on. night yeah because something they couldn't find the keys and they thought maybe I went home with them and I didn't and they called me and they were like uh why um they're like, he's like, how was the show? And I was like, I went home and went to sleep. I didn't sleep the night before because I was up all night vomiting. And he's like, yeah, right. He was all pissed. And I was like, dude, what? The? And he was like, he was real butthurt. And I remember I was like, uh, I had to just be like, pull him aside and be like, dude, he's like, I don't know. You got to earn your respect with me. And he gave me some fucking, this is also the same guy that didn't fucking clean his bar. And, um, he was like, doing that. He like pulled that shit. Like respected two way street. Like fuck you, man. Go like, like okay, that's good because I don't respect you. Yeah, he's like that dude who like <laughs> quotes shit off his calendar every day. You know, <laughs> he's got those inspiration <laughs> yeah, pictures. Yeah, he's like, hang on, <laughs> we can't. You know, uh, yeah, and it was that shit. And I just wanted. I, I remember like I was so mad because I ain't being accused of lying, if especially if I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that's just that it's infuriating and. I remember I, after I was like, oh, what the fuck? And one of the other bartenders was like, just forget it, dude. Forget that guy. I was like, okay, cool. So I did. But then I remember I looked in my wallet and I remember I had this receipt from CVS like the day before. And it's all like Pepto-Bismol, all the shit, like six in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was, I should have just been like, here, here look, well, am I going to CVS to buy fucking anti-diarrheal medicine at fucking six in the morning <laughs> just so I can pull a fast one on you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a fucking worst. It was like, I'm really sick, man. Yesterday I got up. Like, why would I do that? Why would I get up so early and just do that? And I called in sick and they wouldn't accept it. They're like, if you don't come in, you're fired. And I was like. That's ridiculous, especially at a hotel. I don't I'm like. Yeah. I don't get this. There's a human resources department the, there. At, that was at the time where I was the bar back, and I was like the only bar back, and it was just like I could hardly get shifts off. And the thing that I really you know love up, about the, the manager, he would have had to end up bar backing. That's why. Yeah, and the thing that I really love about the improv is, at other restaurants, like they weren't 
like granted they're in LA a lot of people are actors a lot of people need the time off but at other they're not in the industry and at the improv it's a balance between the service staff and the show and all this stuff so they're in the industry and they know that everyone's like they they got like a front row seat for industry stuff so right. when I need the time off for a show or if I'm like guys I booked a week at in you know another city and they know and they know it's important and they know that it's like about creating that relationship and so, so they're like okay you got the time off and it's like the best job I've ever had about getting time that's off that's awesome so that's why I love that sh- job and the thing is like I take a night off I'll do a show at some some shit bar and it's it's about making myself a better comedian I'm losing out on like you know 100 150 bucks easy but I'm doing the show but the thing is like I'll get the time off, mm-hmm. which I feel is actually more valuable than the 150 bucks. So then I'll have the job to go back to. And like the improv, I booked a film last summer. I took like a month and a half off. And it like, it was like right before I had to leave town for a wedding. And I like these two weddings and the film was like right in the middle of them. And so I really took like, but it was cool because it was like right in the middle of renovations at the improv. Right. So I missed like the shittiest time. I was making money doing this film. And so it was just like right. But they were like, yeah, when you're ready, come back. And then was, there was like a new GM there. But the uh, the GM now, the GM, they replaced the old GM with the new guy who got fired. And then they put uh, another lady in who's been there forever. And she was like, you're cool. Don't worry. Nice. She's like, I got you. I was like, cool. Thank you so much. Because she's like, they know that that's what you want to do. And they just hired a couple more servers, which I'm okay with, but people need time off. And it's like, the time off to me is actually more valuable than the money sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I'll miss out on a couple shifts here and there, but then I'll, you know, if there's someone to cover it, that's really what's important. You're going to be like how uh, how Owen Wilson is. No, Owen Wilson. Owen Benjamin is now. Yeah. When I see him at the improv, he, he always uh, gets hats off to your floor manager. I forget his name at the time. Um, but he's because I guess he used to work there as well, being like a, a busser, he said. Was Owen a busser there? I think so. Probably I think that's what he time. said. So, but the manager that you have now, I think he's a shorter guy, Stocky. Jay. Yeah. He was a server he was, forever. He was, he's, he's awesome. He's a manager now, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. He, like, give props to him because uh, I guess he was there when when Owen was working oh, there. Oh, dude, so. Jay's been there forever, and he's probably one of the nicest dudes. And now he's a manager. They were asking to be a manager forever, and then he finally just accepted the job, which is cool. He's a great manager because he really knows what's going on. I actually wish they gave him more power to do stuff because I feel like he's very much on top of everything. Nice. He's great. He really knows what's going on. He knows the ins and outs. He knows how to, he can, t- speaking of, like he can take a tray of like a million drinks and just, you know, like he can do my job. Right. No problem. And sometimes, you know, you know, the managers can't do that, but he's, he's fucking good. Jay's cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Oh, more questions. Wait, is <laughs> yeah. it, it's only eight there's questions? Only, there's only 10. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Am I taking like an exceptionally long time to answer these questions? Well, by the way, I guess it's not like it's rapid fire. Yeah. I've it, I was like, is it one word? Because I'm going to give you ten thousand words. <laughs> so this this edition, I don't not, know if this not is as rapid fire. Yeah, as is this is. is this podcast going extra long? I don't know what your time. Do you it's have a time right. constraint it's on a, it? It's a very special edition. All right, cool. I'm Number a, eight. I'm a special man. I could do a second one too because I know we're, there's a Yelp article we didn't even touch because I'm taking <laughs> too long with my answer, and I still didn't even like. Geisha house, man. That shit was great. Like sexual harassment by like the manager, like this big, big gay guy, like just fucking. Holy, oh, we're gonna have to have you back. Yeah, I'll I mean, talk about that, man. Just always like 
inappropriate comments <laughs> where like we get fired from any office like immediately just but the restaurant's cool because you know like sexual harassment flies in restaurants for the most part right it's pretty standard you know it's like you gotta slide by someone in an <laughs> office it's like wait what you just you touched them on the back yeah. as you slid by them and the restaurant's like why did you tell me you were behind me you could have just touched me on the back you know <laughs> it's almost like welcome so it's, it's weird it's weird number eight have you ever been tipped in anything besides money yes um one guy actually paid his whole bill in weed <laughs> How did you know it was the right weight? I don't know what it was, but the thing is, I was like, he ordered like one or two drinks, and I went over there, and I was just opened up, like the book was like, like it was a checkbook, and it wasn't closed all the way, and I went over there, and I was like, what the fuck? And it's just weed, and I was like, oh shit, and I, you know, I smoke sometimes, but not that much, and uh, I was like, fuck, man, and uh, I told the sound guy at the time who actually got fired for smoking weed like in between comics uh i told him and i was like hey man this guy just hit me he's like oh he did and i was like yeah he's like i was like yeah but now i'm out like fucking 25 bucks right and he's like i'll pay for that bill get that weed and i was like cool because it was probably the weed was probably worth more than the check yeah so i just he just paid for the bill and gave me a tip and i gave him the weed i don't know if that makes me a drug dealer and i'm incriminating myself right now but no. You're like a third-party dealer. Yeah, I don't know. what the. It's California. Nobody cares anyway. But yeah, he paid in weed. And I've gotten tipped in weed before too. And this, this dude, oh, when I worked at the W, it was like closed. And he's like, come on, man. Give me some Sambuca. So I was like, all right. And I gave him like this Sambuca or some shit. And uh, he's like, yeah. And he gives me like 20 bucks. And he comes back. And I'm like still the only one there. And he's like, give me some more Sambuca. And I'm like... Fuck it, there's no one here. I can give you some more stuff. And then he goes to give me the thing. And he goes, instead of, he slaps my hand. And it's he's like, not say, doesn't say thanks. He just goes, chronic. And it's just a fucking joint. And I was like, okay, thanks, man. <laughs> and he's like, and I was like, okay. It's so weird. <laughs> Classic. People are weird. Yeah, so I've gotten tipped in weed two times that I know of. One guy did give me a joint for holding a door for him. But that wasn't why I was working. It was just bizarre. <laughs> California, man. There, there were weed go. stores there. And this is the first one. The W one was before weed stores were like a big thing. But the improv one, it was probably, well, it wasn't from a store because it wasn't in a um, like a pharmaceutical bottle. It was just a bag of weed. Like, All right, there you go. And I remember I was like, oh, fuck, man. Why do you give me weed? I just want money. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with this? It's like I can't pay my rent in weed. Try to sell it. Actually, yeah, it worked. I sold it 20 seconds later, but whatever. <laughs> that first 20 seconds, I'm like, fuck, man. Okay, this is cool. Number nine, worst thing you've ever been written up for? Um. Well, I did almost get fired for farting. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a great write-up. Yeah. God, Lee, wh- where was the write-up on that one? I probably would have wiped my ass with that. <laughs> no, um, the worst one, I haven't been written up very much, if at all, but, I'm a, you know, some... I treat people with respect, and people don't want to write me up for that. But uh, I did get written up once because my boss was like all flustered, and it was so dumb. I remember I came in, my shift was at like, I don't know, 7, but everybody else had to be there at 5, and they didn't call me off. And I came in at 7, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm here to work. He's like, you're supposed to be here at 5. I was like, nobody called me and told me. He's like, well, the schedule says 5. I was like, not in my slot. It says 7. He's like, oh, it does? And I was like, yeah. He goes, can I wipe you up anyways? Because you were late the other day. And I was like, <laughs> Why is that what? a question? I was like, What? 
And then I was like, no. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I was like, yeah, do it. I don't care. Because I need something. But yeah, it was something like that. The answer that. is no, thank you. It was just so weird. It was so weird. I was like, really? Okay. No. Is he like, <laughs> I just picture this guy who's like very unsure of himself as a, as a manager. Yeah, it was so bizarre. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Number 10. No. The last one. Yes. Wow, we, we, made, we made it. it. We made it. <laughs> Rapid fire, 40 minute segment. Knowing what you know now. Uh-huh. If you could go back in time and talk to your younger self on your first day working in the restaurant industry, what advice would you give? Go back to school. <laughs> um Oh, uh, what advice? So much of this shit doesn't matter. Probably. Because you know, I've gotten Oh man, I know what my best write-up would have been. Just thought of it. I'm gonna go back to that last question. Sorry, because <laughs> right. this is something that I thought of. Because so much of this stuff doesn't matter, but this really pissed me off. Uh, yeah, I would tell myself like something like this doesn't matter. But that um, that manager I told you about, the, the gay guy who really he. First of all, I didn't like this guy as a person. Like let me let me start this off by saying I have a you know I got a ton of gay friends. And they're, you know, I don't know anything yet, but this guy, like, he was just like, he was one of those dudes you could tell he was gay from like across the street. Right. But he was just like so overtly sexual about inappropriate things that I wasn't necessarily comforted, comfort, um, comfortable with that his sort of homosexuality made me uncomfortable, something that doesn't do often. So that's why I always be like, oh, this big gay guy, because that's what he was like. Right. He was just fucking a terrible person. Like, just the only thing he cared about in the restaurant were if they had candles and flowers. Like, he didn't even know what day linens got delivered. Like, we constantly ran out of napkins and spoons, but all he cared about were candles and flowers. And it's like, you're running a fucking restaurant, dude. Like, get on it. Nobody gives a shit about the candles. Right. And he would just, like, prance around. He was enormous, too. Like, enormous. Like, <laughs> six foot eight, like, 370 pounds. Like, enormous dude. Like, could have been a linebacker. Or not a linebacker. Could have been a defensive lineman or something. Just enormous. And just, like, an asshole. But um, he had, like, this. He liked me. And he had this thing for me. And he would always come up and talk to me about, like, inappropriate. And I just didn't like him. As a, as a person So I would always try to avoid him And I think he was getting wind of that Or figuring it out Like oh man Because right. he was like You know He was always trying to be like Flirty with me And like That's fine Like gay dude's flirty Whatever But he was just a dick And like So his His Advances were never Reciprocated with me Like he would say something Like ah oh, cool Let's walk Like also, like, I like everybody, too. Like, I'm always, like, a lot of my friends, if I don't like somebody, they're always like, oh, he must be an asshole because you like right. everybody. So I have that sort of personality. And this dude would just come up and, like, I would just walk away. And eventually he just started being a dick and, like, putting me in shitty sections. Like, it was clearly on purpose. Like, just, I would go from the, I went from the having the best sections, like, every night, never getting complaints and always having really high sales to getting, like, shitty sections so he could yell at me for having, like, your sales are low. Oh, God. You know? And then one day, he wrote me up or suspended me because I, one of the sections, like, ran out of staples, staples in the stapler, and it was my side work to make sure my... Opening side work to make sure that they had put there were enough staples in the sections. Now, the side work at first was just paper, right? But then they added staples, like they hand wrote it in later. And I didn't know that I wasn't there when they made the announcement or something because I was gone for a couple days and then I didn't feel the same. And he was so mad. And I remember doing checkout, I was like, Here you go. He was like, Don't talk to me. I was like, What? He said, 
He said, do not talk to me. And I was like, um, okay, I don't know what. He said, do not talk to me. And I was like, I got and it. And then I get a call the next day from the <laughs> other manager being like, uh, yeah, um, you didn't fill the staples. Um, you're going to be suspended for three shifts. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? This asshole is going to. And I was like, look, this is something more than the staple. And he was like, dude, oh, this is dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, so that's probably the dumbest thing I've gotten rid up about. And this will go back to question 10. Like, so much of this shit doesn't matter. Oh, my God. It's like now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. I just want to go in, do my job. I don't want to get up with politics of this. I don't want to get the go- like there's a lot of gossip in restaurants. Uh, I don't want to fucking whisper about people and, you know. So, I mean, it's just like, I want to get in, do my job, leave, and still have my friends there, you know? So, it's like, I, I'm not like, I don't go in a tunnel vision, but it's like, you know. That's good advice. Go and, yeah, it's just good advice. Does, it, so much of it doesn't matter. And by the way, you're a better person than I am because I would have been like, really? Three shifts? Okay, well, let's talk about all the stack of harassment yeah, that he's been I, doing to me, all right? You think about that. Dude, he actually got fired from the next job because of sexual harassment on a male employee. Shocker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, man, this guy. Well, that'll do it for us here on this episode <laughs> of the Bitter Bistro. Andy, where can we, uh, you got shows coming up, I know. Uh, where can we find you on uh, stage? The next show that I know of is like next week at the Irvine Improv. I'll be there. Uh, you missed my show at the Improv last night uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out this next month right now. But Do you have a calendar where they can find you? Uh, no, just Online. follow me on Facebook or Twitter. I'll usually post about it day of, but uh, sometimes I do a little bit. So you're on Twitter, you're at, at Andy Ostrom? I'm actually at his name is Andy. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Which some girl who's friends with my friend totally ripped me off. It's like her name is, I'm not even going to tell her name. She has more followers than me, but I know it's because she saw mine. And she just copied it? Her name is blank. Mine is at his name is Andy, which I had never seen before. I saw, and I was like, that fucking bitch. Because she was liking my friend's Instagram things. And I was like, hey, who was this girl? She right. stole my ideas. She's like, oh, I I was like, oh, fuck her. I mean, enough of that. But then I was like, hey, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking social media, man. It's uh, so stupid. I love to hate it. So find him on Twitter. Find him on Facebook. Uh, of course, you can find The Bitter Bistro on Twitter at The Bitter Bistro. Like me on Facebook as well, The Bitter yeah. Bistro. You can find this show in iTunes. Hello, people. Yeah, keep listening. I'll probably be back for a second. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, <laughs> a lot of shit I didn't we're touch We're part three and part four. <laughs> <laughs> you can find... Uh, this might show. actually be a two-parter. It's so damn long. I was I'm thinking sorry. about that. I was thinking I'm about sorry, that. man. How long? What is the running time? Uh, we're at a minute 37. Almost a minute 38. You mean an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah, sorry. Oh, man. Well, thank you for listening. Was, if you did... Hopefully you don't be like, ah, oh, this fucking windbag. Find uh, Andy's headshot on the Bitter Bistro website at www.thebitterbistro.com. Remember, servers don't pay their rent with compliments. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Bitter party of one. Your table's ready. <laughs> <laughs>